Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, everyone out there. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. It's the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. All those voices trapped at home, still, still confined behind closed doors with nothing to eat but microwave microwave popcorn, a few Cheez-Its, and I think some string cheese. And Oh, that's just me. Okay. The rest of you, I'm sure you're doing well, and I hope you're surviving this pandemic. We have a terrific guest today, as we have been doing, featuring people who are awesome professionals who are still kicking, still doing their stuff, despite all these shenanigans, all this nonsense, all this social distancing. I'm sick of saying it. Anyway, my guest, uh, who's awesome, her name is Kelly Siegel. She's in the house right now. How are you, Kelly? I'm doing great today. Thanks for having me, David. Nope. Super happy to be talking to you. Same, same. And uh, you look no, none worse for the wear. You're, you're, uh, it looks like, you know, I don't want to presume anything, but I, I don't know how to say this, but it looks like you did your hair today. <laughs> That's really nice. I think doing our hair has taken on a whole different meaning, right? Yep. There's, a, there's a lot of like, you know, home care that's going on so it's definitely not the way it should be but thanks for the compliment <laughs> you're, you're welcome we're all in the the waist up grooming or even you know shoulder up grooming phase so right true. but there but there are some friends i know that you know i had some hair when this pandemic started i took a clippers and i just buzzed it which is how i wear my hair quite often so no big deal for me <clears throat> pardon me but uh <clears throat> that's just the covid speaking there excuse me you know, I cough for a lot of different reasons, people, so I don't want you to be alarmed. Um, I've always coughed, <clears throat> which is not a good habit for a podcaster. Anyway, um, so, but I have, like, I sympathize with, like, there's a woman I know who's, I'm friends with her on Facebook, and she, her hair is completely gray now. Like, and, and it's, it's, so in other words, it's always been completely gray. She just has been coloring it, but can't get out to color it. So time for a new look, but she, you know, she owned it, which is cool. Um, Listen, I think you got to just, that's what you got to do. You got to just, you know, embrace it and go with it. And um, I'm not quite there. My husband has kind of been <laughs> helping me with some dying some roots, you know, oh. we're all non new professions. Yeah, because it, it could get really, really gray around here. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, but if you, again, like my friend, if you let it go, you might find the, uh, the silver lining. You get that? I, I can't find my. <laughs> no I can't find my laugh. Oh, there it is. Okay. <sighs> anyway, what I was trying to say was, Kelly is an awesome professional. She is a management communications and funding strategist. More than twenty five experience. She's got her own shop, Kelly Siegel Consulting, and um, 
It's just kellysiegel.com. So let, now let's get the spelling right because people must misspell both your first name and your last name, I would bet. Yes. yes. I always say my last name's like Seagal, but it's pronounced Seagal, right? Oh, Kelly Seagal. I know. Right. Maybe we I could have you in, that, in an action movie as Steven Seagal's <laughs> right. you know, uh, younger sister. Um, right. It's, it's K E L L Y S E G A L, kellysegal.com. So, first off, tell us how you're doing. Are you still, you still been able to do your job? Just doing the remote thing, yeah. and what's it, what has it been like? Right. So, you know, it's not in person. It's a lot of Zooming, which I think everybody is, um, everybody's really made that change. And I would say the landscape has changed, but um, we're still as busy as ever. You know, I think that uh, with something that hits this fast and where organizations are forced to, to evolve, um, I kind of hate the word pivot because mm. it's just so overused. And I sort of yep. prefer, yeah, I sort of prefer the word evolve because here we are and we're here to stay for a while. Um, I think that people need help doing that and they need people that they trust. And we're lucky here in Boston, we've got, you know, a great sort of group of, of specialists that, that can help. So when you work, you work with people, you're a management consultant. So yeah. in, in my I translate that as you help people to cure them from being assholes. Some of them anyway, I mean, it comes to you that way. But what I'm getting at is, I mean, a lot of the things you went, you talk about are, um, think, I think management flaws often get exacerbated when reduced to things like email and, and phone calls as opposed to in-person meetings. I mean, yes. you know, I remember one of the first bosses I had, I had, it was right around the dawn of the email era. I'm older than you, Kelly, if you hadn't noticed, but so, no, you're and, not. well, maybe a little. Um, so, so what I noticed right away, which became sort of uh, an obvious thing is people become a lot braver on email and they manage by email and they give criticism by email, which is, is as I think we both know a bad habit to get into. And it just pissed me off like <laughs> crazy. Mm -hmm. The guy would be mm -hmm. in the next room over from me that, you know, that like we have, a, a, we share a wall in the office and he's criti awesome. criticizing me by email. So mm -hmm. I want, I, I imagine you've dealt with that sort of thing in the past and is the new world maybe making that even a little more challenging because there's no in person right now. So it's interesting that you say that I've been finding a couple of things happening there are a lot of sort of communication problems and the way we all get along problems that are eradicated when there's no office, when there's no communal meeting space, right? People having to read each other's expressions or there's the eye roll or did mm -hmm. that person not say hi to me when I walk by them in the hallway, yeah. which sounds funny, but right, right. nonprofits, you know, we're a community on the inside, right? Mm. As well as on the outside. So we're avoiding a lot of that, I think, and able to focus really on the work uh, because you're on this call, you're focused. Is there Zoom fatigue? Yes. Um, do people need to check in more than they do when they're passing each other in the hallway in the office? Yes. A lot of that can be tiresome because of the Zoom fatigue, but I am finding that, you know, directness is winning it's, you know, people are sort of on with each other. I don't know. I'm not seeing email being used as a substitute for communication um, as much maybe as other people are. It's just, 
you know, people have to be direct. They have to get the work done. And this is how they're doing it. They're just saying it like it is and managing through that a little bit. I think people are using more video calls now instead of the regular phone calls. In other words, when you set up a call now, I think it used to be most people would assume that's that's just a call. And you might send it through Zoom, but I'm just going to call in on my phone. You're not going to see me. With this world, I feel like more people, I feel like it's the default. And have you been in meetings where like some people choose to hide the video and you're like, hey, what's going on over there? Come on. <laughs> no. No? Actually, a little bit. <laughs> the meetings that, that I'm part of and that I run or that I help organizations run, we all have to show up like we're like we're working, okay. you know, and we're there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of a prerequisite, at least, start, you know, on a webinar, sure. But um, I think it is really important that we're all there in the same way. That's, a, that's sort of an equality piece mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like FaceTime in the office, right? Yep. This is the FaceTime piece. And I think, you know, it's important and we need to keep things equal and we can't, some of us just can't hide and be like, oh, I'm going to do something else while we're listening to this. Yeah, that was, the, that was the original FaceTime, right? When, when we said FaceTime, what we used to mean was that even if, that no matter what you do, if you're a salesman, if you have certain time on the road, or maybe sometimes you work from home, it, you were either encouraged or required to put in FaceTime at the office. Yeah. We have to see yeah. you there. And there's there's value to that. Do you think and hope we're going to get back to that full bore? So I think it's going to be a long time because I think that we have a long road ahead of us. You know, if you believe in science like I do, you know, I think that we may be um, – maybe here in this place for, for quite a while, going back to the office may be sort of the last thing that happens. Mm. What I think we've come to understand is a certain amount of work that might get done better this way, right? I think there is no replacement for gathering and sitting across from each other in a meeting. But I do think that I've talked to a lot of people product, where productivity is higher now Mm -hmm. because everything is just sort of focused and compacted, right? Mm -hmm. On the other side of that, we have this, as I've mentioned before, the Zoom fatigue, oh, I can't, you know, making myself care about this. We've got the, the pandemic looming outside our windows. So those are all factors, but I think there's going to be sort of a greater amount of flexibility and trust around where you work and how you work And it doesn't mean that you're not doing a good job and you may be doing a better job if you're given that flexibility and you're allowed to sort of move as you wish within the job Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and work as you wish, you know? Give, Give me an example of what kind of company should be calling you now. I take it your clients are mostly, I know you work with some nonprofits. You work with all kinds of companies or big, small, or whatever? So I work... Mm-hmm. I do have some for-profit clients, but my background, um, I spent 25 years working in nonprofits behind the desk. Um, I used to say there was nothing I hadn't seen, but I clearly had not seen this, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So most of my clients are nonprofits and um, they range all stage and size. By stage, I mean, you know, really scrappy startup. Uh, nonprofits to ones that have been around for, you know, well over a hundred years. And personally, I've worked for all different types of nonprofits. So, you know, 
there isn't one prescription for every type of nonprofit. And I like to be able to tailor that, you know, really, 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 really specifically to the type of nonprofit I'm working with. It is not a one size fits all, open it up from a can or a mold kind of thing. So how are your clients doing now? Because there's, you know, challenges in corporate America, you know, uh, immense challenges of recovering business that they have lost from this whole thing. For nonprofits, yeah. I would gather that it's just as scary and maybe even more scary to, to get people to think about nonprofits. Yeah. You know, they rely on the, a, a lot on giving and, you know, mm-hmm. people are strapped. And what's, what's it like among your clients? Well, so it's really interesting because um, people think that in, in a crisis time like this, that overall giving would decrease. It actually increases, but it increases to one thing right? Which would be the COVID response or at the time of Hurricane Katrina, it was that or 9-11, it was that. And so what happens is that the nonprofits whose mission cannot be tailored to exactly frontline COVID response are really like, what are we doing now? What is our work now? And I think that, yes, they are struggling. Um, With every crisis, and I'm not making light of it, but with every crisis, there there comes sort of efficiency exercises where, where can we get leaner? Mm-hmm. Maybe where were things not working as well as we needed them to work? And there's always the cover a little bit of the crisis, right? Mm-hmm. To, to reorg a little bit. And I hate to call that exciting because people's lives are altered. And, you know, if you're losing your, your place of employment, I think, you know, you're in a terrible situation. It does so happen, though, that there are opportunities for the organizations to really step back, look at themselves and make themselves, you know, more efficient. And right now, I think they need to be asking themselves post-COVID, you know, what is their contribution to the community? Not how can they also be on the front lines? Mm -hmm. You know, some of them can, depending on the kind of organization they are. But what will they do afterward? And, And how will they contribute to their community when this is passed a little bit and to start really strategically planning for that and uh, to put together scenarios, you know, different scenarios and how they'll go forward depending on what happens. You know, things are changing, feels like almost daily and they have to be able to respond. I think um, people are paying more attention to nonprofits just because people, you know, we, we write off society in so many ways, right? I mean, um, you know, I've, I've recently read thousands of people complaining on the internet that no one puts their shopping carts back in the, um, you know, the, the, the big garage thing or whatever you call that thing where you're supposed to put your sharp shopping carts back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, people think oh, that all hope is lost. By the way, it's not that big a deal, people. Please don't think you're a hero because you should put your shopping cart back. Yes, it's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Like, it's fine. It's fine. But they do these, these supermarkets, these companies do have people that get paid to do that. I'm not going to go off on that rant. But my point is that society as, as a general in moments like these, sometimes the good does come out. And I think a lot of people are, have just been made to think about what they can do to help either directly with the, the, the COVID situation or with, you know, just go back to your favorite charity. You know, that's a good way. That's good use of your time. You know, you've got time now to undoubtedly, we all have a little extra time now. Uh, Apologies to those whose kids are jumping on their heads and not, not letting them work. But anyway, it's, um, it's a good thing. So what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Kelly? 
You know, I think that uh, through my website is great. Email's great. I mean, I'm pretty responsive and we're all here all the time in front of our devices. So that's mm-hmm. not the biggest challenge at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, but, give, out, give out your email so if people want to. Oh, sure. Yep. It is, um, uh, sorry, kelly at kellysiegel.com. Right. Kelly with a Y. Siegel, S-E-G-A-L. Kelly with Y, yep, at kellysiegel.com. That's S-E-G-A-L. Um, and yes, I mean, I would love to talk to anybody about, you know, what they're going through at work. I do a lot of coaching, um, coaching of professionals, coaching of teams, um, you know, helping a lot of organizations, you know, change change their plans right mm-hmm. now and how, how to stay strong and come out of this. And like, really, I think to do this work, you have to believe in these organizations, which I do, you know, and have for, you know, so many decades. And I do always say, and of course, we've heard this line so many times mm-hmm. now more than ever, but strong communities rest on the shoulders of strong nonprofits. And I have always believed that. I believe that now. Um, and there's there's enough for everybody, meaning that we are going through a crisis. There are funds raised for that crisis, but there are ways to manage through this and to stay healthy and to stay strong and to change the way that you do things, to learn a lot of new things, and to really be creative and innovative. And I'm seeing it. It's happening. And it's, it's really a very cool thing to be part of. Um, I, think, I think you're totally right. I think creative is, a, is a, an opportune word because the, you know, out of difficulty, out of rate uh, comes opportunity. That's a, a mangling yes. who, whatever famous person was that said that. But if you, but if you do, we're doing things differently now and by necessity and zoom calls are not really the greatest re- replacement for face to face. It's a, it's a, it's a second choice, right. but there right. are things that you can do that you wouldn't normally do, such as get in touch and, and actually at least see friends on a screen that you probably haven't before. You know, everybody's doing these sort of reunion Zoom calls now of, you know, seeing my fraternity brothers from school. I've seen, you know, old summer camp friends. And that's great. And you sort you realize this can, this, you can have fun with this stuff. We're here at, here at pod 617. We're developing a, a, like a game night sort of feature where we will sort of do a lot. It's not, a, it's not a podcast, but since we're all sort of dialed in yeah. and hooked up here with the, with all the equipment, we're yeah. adept to do it and to do to you know trivia games like that you know share videos the the possibilities are endless in fact the, you know there's there are you know, entertainment slash trivia slash game night companies that will host fundraisers uh, apropos to your world and you know i would rather get on a call with that i know there are going to be tons of people on to have some fun play a game you know and yeah. maybe and, and maybe raise some money at the same time so it's true. I mean, it, just what you said, there's, you know, I've seen organizations doing bingo nights yep. and, you know, doing, I mean, all sorts of things that people are actually enjoying. Right? right. And sometimes at this time it is easier to connect, right? Right. Because people are around for the first time you call people, they're picking up the phone. Yeah. Um, and even if you're just sort of staying connected and, and asking people, one thing I, I say to my clients is call your people right now and ask them, you know, what was, what's great about what we do? What have you loved? You know, maybe we're a little bit on pause um, while this is, this is happening, but tell me about your experience with us. And what did you always think what could be better 
Mm-hmm. You know, what did you always think we could step it up and do differently? Right. And people are wanting to have those conversations, right? And the day-to-day where, you know, everyone had whiplash and they were running from this thing to that thing, you know, maybe it was on their list of things to do, you know, have a conversation with these people and really with our constituents and really see what they thought. But now you have actually that space and that time to do that in a thoughtful way, right? And to sit back and say, oh my gosh. I had no idea people were thinking that even though I was out there in the field all the time, throwing the, you know, throwing these events, mm-hmm. programs, doing this work. Um, we've actually learned a lot about ourselves as organizations during this time, just being able to reach out and listen, which is so hard to do, mm-hmm. you know, when there's so much noise of the day-to-day schedule, right? Absolutely. So we're going to, we're going to play a a session. We're up against the clock a little bit here, but we're going to play a session of good stuff where both Kelly and I are going to recommend something good to help get you through what remains of this pandemic. Who the hell knows what remains, what remains. It sounds like a horror movie. It is a horror movie. Um, Before we do, before we do that, I do want to take a moment to tell you about some of the stuff that's going on here at pod617.com, the Boston podcast network. Would you like your own podcast kids? Well, if you do go to the website. You may think this is not the greatest time to start it. Au contraire, this is a great time to start a podcast. We'll send you out a USB microphone, a quality one, not one of those crappy ones. And we'll send that out on the house to you if you want to start working with us to produce your podcast that can appear on our network. We're launching new podcasts every week. And I should mention, if you'd like to be on this show, the Boston Podcast, or a client, or a friend, or someone who has a business that they want to continue to promote throughout this pandemic, throughout these eh, unprecedented times, then just email me, david at pod six one. There's no cost for this. We're letting people on this show just to hawk their wares, talk about whatever they want to talk about, and keep that train rolling. Okay, let's get in a little better mood now. Let's play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. turning away from the microphone to cough. And um, I think I'm making everybody nervous who can hear my voice. I'm fine, people. This is like, (laughs) I got like a frog in my throat. You know how you get that? I'm not sick. I'm fine. I should have asked you, Kelly, before we even started this, is your your pandemic on the home front okay? Are you, if you don't mind me asking, you have uh, children there or no, or who who might you be? I do. I've got a nine-year-old and a 10-year-old boys. yeah, they're climbing the walls. That's great. And yeah, we're all, you know, God bless we're, you. All, we're all sheltered together. <laughs> we're, we're, and we're going to get to good stuff here. But what were they on their way to, dare I say, camp? And do we have some sad faces given the, the news this week? Yes. Well, I, they actually, I, we were a holdout. I actually okay. thought their camp was going, going to, going to go. Yeah. They go to camp Caribou in Maine and we got oh, the yeah. word yesterday. Yeah. And so there are a lot of really sad faces, mom and dad included. It's yeah. an amazing place. And mm. um, listen, yeah, I've heard it going on this year. Yeah, so we're, we're sticking with them, of course. And it is heartbreaking. I'm, I went to camp. I was a camp tell knower guy. I was a lifer. I was. I'm one of these real camp people. I know you probably know yeah. people who go go to the the Cohen camps and yeah. uh, same news yesterday. I, I think they all kind of made the same yeah. decision around the same time. And we all know it makes sense. We all know it's one of these, what are you going to do? And, um, you know, kids are resilient and kids, kids have short memories. That's what I hope because my, my poor son was going to be a second year counselor at West End House Camp up in Maine. And it's just his favorite place mm-hmm. in the world. He just lives right. for it. That so, right. 
Yeah. You live 10 for two. And yeah. when that's really the case, it's hard, but you're right about resilience. And, you know, it's really, it's, it's really one day at a time. It's too hard to plan right now, mm. you know, yeah. just sort of sets up for the disappointments, I think. Right. So, um, do you have a recommendation for our listening audience for good stuff? Something that uh, is helping you get through this? Something good? What do you got, Kelly? Yeah. So, um, there, I love to cook. And I thought you were so, going to say this. I had, the, I had that in, I had that holstered. I was going to bring that up later. I'm glad you're talking about it. I heard you're a good oh, cook. Okay. So tell so, us, tell us what's cooking. Well, I'm not, I'm not baking bread. I'm not one of those people, um, at all. Uh, but a, a chef named Allison Roman, whose um, second cookbook came out right before the pandemic hit, mm. you know, her Instagram live, her quarantine, her cooking has really gotten me through this. She had, you know, kind of a Twitter disaster this week, I think, but. Mm. Um, like she said something inappropriate? In an interview. Yeah. Yes. Um you know, I think that she's sort of gone dark for, you know, that period of time <laughs> okay. where you have to go dark. I think it's, listen, it's like such a tough time for anyone. And can yeah. you imagine being on a public stage during it all? Um, but she, you know, has really been an incredible inspiration and comfort to me during this time, just, you know, making all of her recipes and working her way, working my way, you know, through. What's her name again? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Alison Roman. Alison Roman. And what's your, what's your go-to uh, or your favorite that's come out of that book dish that you've, that you've concocted. It's like a lemon turmeric tea cake <laughs> that, oh, nice. and um, yeah. And she's also a New York times uh, contributor, a recipe contributor, right. and she can do things with chicken thighs that let me just tell you, mm-hmm. no one really <laughs> can. I, I have found, yeah. I have found. So it's a family favorite. Um, she kind of takes a lot of really complex ideas in cooking and dumbs them down for people like me. <laughs> yeah. And Kelly, um, you're being kind to your hero. The, um, I, I didn't know this, but I'm just, I'm so, I'm sorry reading the crib notes here, but it sounds like she criticized a couple of people, including uh, Chrissy yeah. Teigen for having product lines and such. And people viewed that as tearing down fellow yeah. women stars Other or women. something. Yes. Well, I got to do it a little was. more interest. I got to yeah. do a little more investigating because it doesn't sound like she necessarily was doing that. Now she apologized and all that. So yeah. I don't know. you can look yeah. it up. Look, people, but, yeah. I think that you have to be careful in a different way when you are, when your star is really rising and yep. you're getting pretty famous and you've got a cookbook on the bestseller list and a huge following. I don't think that her comments were wise. Right. Um, but I don't, you know, I feel that, uh, she had a pretty extensive apology. I don't feel that that was her intention. And, um, though, do I think it was a misstep? Yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And it was, yeah. And is it the book, the nothing fancy book? Is that the one that you're, yeah. Yeah. She, so yeah. if you're interested in this book, people, the book is called nothing fancy unfussy food for having people over by Allison Roman. I love that title. That's cool. Yeah. We all need yeah, on fussy like, food, especially now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a good one. It's yeah. a really good one. I haven't been this excited really about. I'm like a huge cookbook reader mm-hmm. uh, and and cook. I just haven't been this excited really about an entire body of work as you know as I so have cool. been about 
about her stuff and, and this new, I think I do also kind of relate to her, uh, her creative style. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. And, um, you might get hate mail after this cause she did have a tough week, but <laughs> I'll have to investigate I further. I, I mean, listen, you brought up the, this is the old, can you separate the art from the individual thing? Because her views on other, you know, star women, are not going to make the food taste any better or any worse if you follow her recipes. Right. So, um, I still listen to Michael Jackson music and so, some people look at me crooked, crooked eyed, you know, for doing that. And you know what? Yeah. 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 You yeah, pour, yeah. You, you're my guest here. Poor Kelly tries to recommend a, a cookbook and I, you know, dr drag you into this mud. So anyway, no, the, no, the no. I just I can't <laughs> change the answer just because this happened this week. That's right. the truth. Right. right. <laughs> Well, listen, you can do both. You can buy the cookbook and view the Twitter war from your couch. And if you enjoy those sort of controversies, then there you go. Anyway. Right. Grab some popcorn. I think it was a big one. Okay. You know. <laughs> okay. Of, I mean, not because of her, a lot of angry, yeah. angry people. And understandably, if you're, you know. I just saw the, the, I don't know if this is on point or not, but I just finally got around to seeing that movie Bombshell about Roger Ailes and Fox and, Megan Kelly and the whole, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know in there. Have you seen that movie? No, not yet, but yeah. I've, you know, I'm I would familiar. that's not what I'm recommending for good stuff though today, but I will recommend something on TV because that's what I do. See, this is what, what happens. Is it? I need it. All right. Well, um, this is a good one. This is, this is worth your time. I'm going to, uh, play a clip of the trailer and, uh, let's see. Kelly, you'll be able to see it. No one else will, but you can hear. Okay. And here we go. The name of the show is Upload. And I'm just going to play a little bit of the trailer. You'll get a taste of what it's all about. His vials are dropping. We're losing him. Do we really want to upload? We could be together forever. You are so amazing. But forever is just like so long. Upload's that way. OR's the other way. What do you want to do? Three, two, one. Upload. Hello, Nathan. Ten fingers and toes? Pretty seamless. This is the first day of the rest of your afterlife. You may find yourself living in a beautiful house. Welcome to Lakeview. Uplifting views, timeless Americana. Yes. It's 10 a.m. Breakfast is over. No! It's not even real food! New guy coming through. So you get the point. Did you hear that, Kelly? I hope. Do I dare? dare. Did you hear the audio? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the wow. The, so the so the show's called Upload, and the the premise is this young man is apparently on his deathbed. Although he doesn't look like he's on his deathbed. So that clip you just heard, he was kind of being rolled through a hospital in a gurney, and his and his girlfriend, who's very beautiful and seems very sort of overbearing, is telling him he has to make the choice to do this upload procedure, right? And, right. and, uh, and so that you, you heard the nurse say, you know, upload that way or that way. So either you yeah. try to save your life or and you have to make this choice to upload just before you die. And then you get uploaded to the cloud, which they have this world that they've concocted sort of matrix style where you get to quote unquote live, although your, your body is dead. So, um, I'm not giving anything away. He, it's obvious he makes the choice to, to do this. And then you can still be, you're basically a virtual being, but you can communicate with people in the, in the real world by phone. And it has a comic twinge. The guy who, who created the show, Greg Daniels is one of the chief creative voices behind the office TV show, the office. 
Uh, you know, praise be its name. One of my favorite shows ever. Uh, and um, so, but it brings up, I don't know if it, it it's sort of uh, like a black mirror. For those familiar with that show, it's like a, a futuristic sort of twilight tone. Like this, this could be really what's on the horizon, but it's funny as well. So um, upload, I recommend it. It's like eight episodes. It's amazing. Yeah. They're all like 22 minutes each. So it's, it's, it's kind of, quick and easy, which I guess is a mixed blessing here. It's like, okay, now what am I going to binge next? Tell me what to watch. Next. <laughs> right, right. It's too fast. It's not, it's too long. It's too, right. Exactly. I know. Are you, are you into anything in particular on TV these days? Uh, I always am. I feel like a lot of people I've run out of things to watch. I found a really great show called mm-hmm. Black AF. Black. <laughs> what does that mean? No, I think I think our listeners know what AF means. But yeah, so, so it's awesome. Is it? It sounds like a comedy. It is. It people call it the black um, curb your enthusiasm. Oh, now I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. Um, I forgot the guy, the main character's name. He wrote. Um, he was responsible for the show Blackish. Oh, okay, and sure. It is. It's fictional in the way that Curb Your Enthusiasm is. Like, he's a real guy, but he's married to Rashida Jones. Right. Um, and she's a great comedic actress, you know, and sure. it's it's very, very funny. Made her bones on, it, it, on The it, Office also. You, it all comes back to The Office. But yes, um, <laughs> yeah, yes. created by Kenya Barris. I don't know who that is, but um, I guess that's the main dude. Yes. Yeah, okay. That is, um, yep, you got the name. I'm yep. going gonna, gonna to check this out. Yeah, it um, is so so good. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, black black AF. Well, now listeners, you got all kinds of stuff. So cook yourself something from the cookbook, and check out. Right? Now you got two things to binge. So what more do you want, people? And be nice to each other, and give to your favorite nonprofit. Right? What else did we forget? Yes, think, dude. <laughs> right. Remember. Um, so, <laughs> one more time, Kelly. Tell us. Uh, give us out the your website one more time, just so people know. Sure. It's uh, www.kellysegal.com. It's Kelly Siegel Consulting. Um, and the email is uh, www.kellysegal.com. Wait, no, that's the... Wait. You did Kelly the website right. Kellysegal.com, pardon me, is the email. <laughs> right. We got it. Sorry. I, it's There's a lot of pressure when you're trying to do it with the, the outro music is playing. And so I screw up all, things all the time during this oh, portion David, of the show. I lost you for a sec. Am I back? Now you're back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do that whole thing over because we both kind of stumbled. So we can do it again. Sure. So here we go. Uh-huh. So it, Wait, hold uh, on, hold on. The new- mm-hmm. So we are up against the clock here, but Kelly Siegel, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you had fun. Did you have fun? I had a great time. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. Tell, tell us again. Give us an email and website, please, so people know where to find you. Sure. Uh, it's Kelly Siegel Consulting. The website is www.kellysegal.com. And uh, the email is kelly at kellysegal.com. Simple. Kelly with a Y and Siegel's S-E-G-A-L. Get it right, people. Thanks. Thanks for being such a good sport, Kelly. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you'd like your own podcast, go thank to podcast. You, you got it, Kelly. Go to pod617.com for all the info. If you want to be a guest on this show, it's david at pod617.com. That's the email. Hit me up. You could be on the show. We could have fun, people. Are we still having fun? Are we having fun yet? Hang in there, everybody. 
My, on behalf of Kelly Siegel, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Write it out, people. We'll be done soon, I, I hope. I don't know. Have a good one.